You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio in the building for a special edition of the show on today. Hope everybody is doing great on this Wednesday as we record this and we are live on HBCU Pulse. We have a very amazing interview on today with Siani Boyd, my freshman year roommate from Fort Valley State University, about his business, Groovy Wear. First and foremost, hand claps for Siani. Dog. I saw that business grow. I remember them talks in the calf, man. I can't wait just to have this full circle moment. Because I remember us talking in the calf about the business and how it was growing and what we wanted Pulse to be, what we wanted Groovy Wear to be. And now we're here at this moment in 2021, making it happen. Such a full circle moment from 2015. We're going to talk about it. But also, I just saw the untold Malice in the, Malice at the Palace documentary. All right? And I have some thoughts about it. I did not expect to do a Randall's thoughts. I was going to do my interview with Siani and Dip and go watch Wildin' Out. And I hope y'all heard my Wildin' Out take from last night. But, man... This documentary as a basketball fan, but also as a black man and as a aspiring media mogul and a media personality in this current day and age, it stirred up a lot of emotions in me. And I just got to talk about them. So we're going to do that right after our interview with Siani. But um, make sure to tap in with Groovy Wear. So Groovy Wear is a clothing brand and they sell custom made sneakers that is not like Nike, ain't like Adidas. Groovy Wear has its own vibe, its own swag, and it is lit. I've seen the sneakers. They are dope. People are buying them. Y'all need to hop on the wave. Siani and his team, they're summoning up, you know, that FUBU energy for us buyers. They're summoning up that Damon John energy. If y'all don't know Damon John, well, I'm not going to take your black card. He is on Shark Tank. He's the black guy. There's only one black guy on Shark Tank. So he's the black guy on Shark Tank. So remember back in the day, FUBU. I know the alumni that was, you know, in college back in the early 2000s, I'm pretty sure that they were walking to the calf at Fort Valley and, and University of Maryland Eastern Shore wearing FUBU back in the day. So listen, Siani's bringing it back. He has hoodies. He has sweaters. He has sweatshirts. And he also has these dope sneakers in so many different colorways, black-owned business. He started in 2017. And because he was my freshman roommate, I was able to see the genesis of the business before I graduated. So I'm super excited to talk to Siani, and let's go on and bring him on. You're listening to Pulse Radio. Oh, man. What's going on, man? What's going on? Siani, boy, man, how you doing today? Man, I'm feeling blessed, man. I'm feeling grateful, man. How you doing? Pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. First and foremost, man, it's been a minute, hasn't it? It's been a little while, bro. It's been a little while. How you been, bro? Man, I out here living life, man. Like, you know, this adult life, this adult swag, it's 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 a lot. I wish you know. It's real out here. It's real out here. <laughs> but how's everything been for you, man? Man, it's great, bro. It's great just growing this brand, just growing this um business, you know. And um, it's really such a satisfying thing, especially since, you know, it's really just giving back to the mental health community. And it's a, it's a cause I can really relate to, you know, throughout, you know, being at Fort Valley and running this business, I've had like, you know, 
the lowest of lows, like the lowest of lows. And, you know, through those experiences, along with my business growing, I felt like it's at the point now where it's like, you know what, you went through that. Now you can give back to the people who are experiencing that or will experience that and be like, hey, look, like, you're not the only one. It's really a common thing. But guess what? Like, there's people out here who can conquer it. There's people out here who can more than survive, who can flourish. And, you know, I just want that to be what our brand stands for, really. I love it. So let's start with this. So there's always a story behind the name. So tell us about, you know, the name Groovy Wear. Like, how did you come up with that, especially tying it back to mental health? Okay, so originally it started off as just groovy, like regular groovy, like G-R-O-V-Y. And at that point, I was just kind of making a store just because, like, I just wanted to make clothing and whatnot. But after a time, I was like, it would be a little bit more catchy if I just dropped the two O's. But then I was like, that might confuse little people. And I'm like, you know what? I can make that an acronym. And I'm like, what letters can I go with G-R-V-Y that really represents me? And it didn't take long at all. It's like the words just flew, flowed to me. Grateful, relentless, valiant, and youthful, you know? And tying that back to mental health, gratitude is the biggest thing I learned. Gratitude, gratitude. Sometimes we just take just this, just, you know, waking up in the morning for, you know, granted, bro. So grateful, grateful for almost anything. Grateful for waking up, being able to walk, being able to see, being able to hear, just gratitude in general. Relentless, relentless in your passion, relentless in life, relentless in whatever you want to achieve. Got to stay relentless and you'll get to that. Valiant, you know, staying full of courage, you know, with your, with your chest pulled out, be like a leader, you know, very valiant and youthful, you know, as we grow older, you know, we kind of lose that, 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 I don't want to say childish, but that inner kid in us, you know, making life a little bit more dull, you know, kind of, you know, tying back to the grateful part. So, you know, grateful, relentless, valiant, and youthful. I feel like that is what we really stand on. Wow. So first and foremost, that's powerful. And I think it just ties back to how I met you. So I want to just go back to that moment, right? So let's travel back, okay, to Six years ago. It's been six years. Okay, first and foremost, it is currently August 2021, and the freshmen at Fort Valley, FSU 25, are currently doing their orientation week. And we started our college journey August 2015. So tell the people how you met me. (laughs) Woo, man, listen. I remember I was moving in. You know, I got my all stuff moved in. You know, I met the other roommates. You know, Rel. You know, yeah. Dre. Shout out, you yeah. know, shout, shout out to Rel. Shout out to Dre. You shout know, Dre, yeah. Um, and I'm at Randall, and off rip when I met Randall. No, no, no shots and no disrespect to anybody else, but I could tell off rip. He was just so well spoken, so very well articulated. Like from the first time I met him, and I kind of gave him this nickname as I seen him on campus. I'm like, bro, you like a little Stephen A. You a little Stephen A. Bro. <laughs> You Stephen A, that's what you is, bro. Because he was so well-spoken and he knew sports, especially basketball, like the back of his hand, right? One thing I can say about Randall, he was serious about his grind. Appreciate. He was serious about his grind. He was in his dorm room 20, and I was an introvert. I was an introvert just because I'm an introvert. No, Randall was in his room all the time. You know, oh, people come by, what Randall doing, bro? He in there grinding, working on you. You already know how he do. In there grinding, working on his book, working on, you know, being an interview, you know, working on his packet, all of that. So I'm like, yes, bro, like, that right there, yes, bro, I respect that, off a rip, off a rip. First, so, first of all, I appreciate that, and meeting yeah. you, so, when I met you, you were so zen, man, like, you know, and then you, you were like, hey, my name's Sienna, but call me Swoosh, 
You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> you wore the Nikes. I'm like, I'm like, I don't like, I don't, I don't be liking saying folks' nicknames. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I get it from my mom. Because my mom, like, we, we have a cousin now. She might be watching this. Her name is Kyla, but like, but we call her Kyla, but but, but my mom calls her my real name Danielle. So I always right. got it from my mom. Like, mom, why you always call you know Kyla Danielle? She's like, well, everybody calls her Kyla. I want to call her Danielle. I want to be different. I'm like, I feel that, mom. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call me by their real name. But you, you one of the only folks I call because I would, I would alternate. I'd be like Swoosh Siani. I would alternate, and you was so zen, like. You would like, you know, you would meditate. I remember you used to meditate by the tennis court. I was walking to Dr. Mazarov's class one time because I know it was like a Wednesday. So I'm I'm leaving the dorm. I had me a little something to eat. So I'm walking the long way to Miller Hall and you're up on the hill meditating. I'm like, what's he doing? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now in this era where we're very much talking about mental health and all of that, I totally get it. I understand completely now. Why you used to do that, man? I think we all need to be up there with you at this Dang, point. Bro. And you know, um, you know, back at the time, you know, and I knew like, you know, people would pass by, you know what I'm saying? Like people would tell me, like, oh, like, bro, you kind of weird. Like, what you doing that for? What you doing that for? And I knew that, but I just didn't care, bro, because honestly, bro, it helped me out. And you know, honestly, even though there was those people who'd be like, Oh, bro, why you doing that? Oh, bro, you weird. It was like there was an equal amount that came up to me, like, bro, I see you meditate. Oh, that's real, bro. Bro, you kind of inspired me to do that. Oh, you know, I think I'm going to start meditating now. So, you know what? You know, and, and I always been that kid. You know, I was that chubby kid in school. So I got I always been used to being picked on and whatnot. So when I got to college, I'm like, bro, I've been do, do going through this since like K through 12. Like whatever y'all got to say, don't bother me. So when people told me, they came up to me, they was like, you know what? You doing that gave me like, like, oh, he doing it. I can do it too. So just to like, you know, I don't know, light that light in some people's head, you know, that, that was just, you know, more than enough for me. So I think now, I think that's dope, man. It's just like you were on the mental health way before everybody else, you know? And I think, and it's crazy because and I'm going to talk about this later on. Um, I was watching, you know, the untold malice at the palace documentary. And it's interesting because Ron Artest had talked about how he had anxiety and depression leading mm-hmm. into that historical moment that literally right. changed, you know, the face of basketball. And I was like, you right. know what? That's something that I know I wouldn't have really been receptive to where anybody probably watching this or hearing him would have been receptive to in 2015 or especially in 2004 right. that he has anxiety and depression. He was dealing with that and he couldn't control his emotions. You were on that from Jump Street because even when we were going through stuff, Dre was going through stuff in van. I'm going through stuff with all these different people. You like, hey man, just chill. You just think about it. Like you were like the dorm therapist, you know. Like it was, it, it, it was, it was, it was real, man. So let me ask this before we get to just the genesis of the business. So when did you really start to get on mental health and really make that a priority? Like when did you get on that? Honestly, bro, because around 2015, I did it just to keep my mind sharp. You know, of course, you know, being in Fort Valley, being a freshman, you go through those, you know peaks and valleys, you know, being on your own and whatnot. But I would say I was probably at my lowest point, um, specifically in 2016 and then again in 2019. And in both of those instances, I had stopped meditating. Mm. I had stopped meditating for a solid minute. And it was like I just had to learn the hard way. And like in 2016, man, it was just a lot of things happened. You know, my brother almost died in a car accident. You know, school wasn't going too well. Um, job wasn't paying good. Um, 
I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, da, 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 just a whole bunch of stuff. So, and I was overthinking, overthinking. I'm all, you know, I'm an overthinker and whatnot. That overthinking led to anxiety. Then that anxiety led to depression. So it's kind of like a trickle effect. And I'm like, like, dang, like, what's going on? Like, why does my feel so brain so scrambled? Da, 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 da. Then around early 2017, um, I moved down to South Carolina with my mom before I made my little return to Fort Valley. And it's like when I got in that whole new environment, you know, you know, back in, um, you know, back freshman year, I was real chubby, like real, real yeah. chubby. Like, like, you know, well, like you, were a, fo- you were a football player, though. You came in from playing football. I, I was. No, that's true. And um, Fort Valley didn't let me, you know, Fort Valley didn't see my talent. So, you know, Time, hey, yeah. it is what it is. But, um, you know, there was no reason for me to be that big. So, you know, when I transitioned where I was at, started working out. When I started working out, I got back on my meditating. And it was like those two things combined, everything kind of just fell in place after that. So I was like, okay, keep on meditating, keep on my physical, keep doing my physical strength, keep doing my mental strength and everything is good. And it was like that for a while. I was good in 2017, came back good in 2018. Then in 2019, I moved into the UVs, really took a step out, you know, really paying my own bills now and whatnot. And, you know, being young and naive, I tried to juggle um, going to school, having multiple jobs, trying to build the brand and paying bills and getting food like that. That was a fail. And through all those things, I again forgot to um, meditate. So then again, boom, it took another dip and another tragic thing happened. Um, My car caught on fire on, on one day. Yes, they call, and I was in the car. Like what? I was driving the car. I was driving the car. Um, you know where R and R is at. You yeah. know R and R is at. Yeah, and, and we, got, we got to break down the term. So UVs is University Villas. That's off campus apartments that students right. stay in. And R and R. What does R and R stand for? R and R. Um, what does R and R stand for? Um, I'm not sure. R and R is like a gas station that folks go yeah. buy food in because they get tired of the cab. But continue. You know, we, we, we want to yeah. break down. You know, the Fort Valley lingo for the people. You know, right, right. right. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But you know, the R and R gas station. Driving down the street, my car just shut off because it had some problems overheating and whatnot. And out of nowhere, before I could even react, I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. I just see a flame shoot up from the hood. Boom. The first thing in my mind is GTA. Like I got like five seconds to get out this car before it explodes. Right. So I get out the car. Just a little side note. Um, I worked at a little place with kids. So I bring my PlayStation four for the kids to play. Um, when I got out the car, I turned around, see my PlayStation four in the passenger seat. And it was like, a, mm, 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 mm. and I was like, I need that PlayStation four. So I ran back to my car, grabbed the PlayStation four. Boom took it out, ran across the street, ran all the way down the road. It didn't blow up. Everything was good, but it was burning for a good minute. Burned up about half the car all the way to my back seat until the Fort Valley police came. Really blessed, really blessed, really blessed because when I was running down the street away from my car, I just so happened to pass by a cop car. So I don't know how long that car would have burned. I don't know if it would have exploded if that cop car didn't just so happen to pass by me running away from my car. And then also, mind you, my car was right next to a gas station. So I don't know how bad that could have gotten, you know? That could have been, that could have been terrible. That That could have made middle Georgia news. Yeah, I'm, like, it was first and foremost, like, you know, it's like, that's a serious situation, but you said... Grand Theft Auto. I've been playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, so I definitely understand what you're talking about because my car's caught on fire a lot of different times ever since hey. I've been playing. So I so I know you got a little moment. You see that fire, you gotta go. So I totally understand that. Stop, drop, and roll is one thing, but you, you think of that Grand Theft Auto mindset, you see that car catch on fire, that thing, boom, you wasted. All right. So first of all, Wait, I understand that. <laughs> That's first of all, I understand that. But also, you know, you you went back and got your PlayStation 4. 
Bro, I, honestly, bro, at the time, like I said, it was a very hard time in my life. And that PlayStation 4 was probably one of the only things that was keeping me sane. I feel it. So, you know, I, feel it. I also didn't have the money to, you know, splurge on another PlayStation 4. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to have to, you know, tap in, run like a four flat 40, get that bag, run back across the street. You know, blessed enough that I was okay. Um, Oh, yeah, the officer, oh, I had a gas tank. It was empty. Well, it had a little bit of gas in it, but I had a gas tank in my back seat too. So that was what? a good thing that, yeah, I had a gas tank in my back seat too. So, yeah, 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 a lot of, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. What in the world? Like that, I'm just glad you're here, man. Do you still have the PlayStation 4? You still got it? Of course, of course. Like, you better put that in any museum when you make it. Like, listen, this PlayStation 4 that I went back and got before the car exploded. <laughs> you, 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 got, you got a finesse when it's like, listen, so I was in the car, right? And then the car caught on fire. I know I had five seconds to get out. So I ran, and I was like, my, oh, PlayStation 4 is in there, so boom, I'll go back and get it. And then I ran, and I dove in slow motion, and the car exploded. Right. You, 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 you got to do that soldier work where, where, where it's like, yeah, I saw him in there, so I said, fire, fire. You got to get a soldier boy, man. Hey, you got to, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to get a soldier boy, man. So, that, so is, that is crazy. So, like, I didn't know any of this this is all new information to me because I know for us, you know, I was, and I know my junior year, 2017, I was grinding. I was HBC all-stars doing a lot of different things. I'm doing the foundation. Then I started, you know, commentating the basketball games. I was running with the basketball team, doing all this different stuff. So I remember a distinct conversation we had in 2017. So at this time you were working at Walmart and you were not feeling working at Walmart. I think it was, cause we had multiple conversations around that time. But I think this was like a day we in the cafe. It's like lunch. It's like a Tuesday. It was like a dead day. It wasn't like Wednesday and like that. It was like a Tuesday. Yeah, just, yeah. We just sitting there chilling. And you just telling me when we're sitting, I got a great memory. We're sitting by the window. You know, the cafe's different now. We're sitting yeah. by the window by the Greek walk. And like we're sitting at that window table. And you're telling me about, man, like and all this stuff going on at Walmart. So walk us through that moment. Because I thought that was a very huge moment for your business. So walk us through that moment. There's three sagas to me working at Walmart because I've worked at multiple Walmarts, you know, just being around. So in 2017, um, before I came back to Fort Valley, I worked in um, I worked at the Walmart in um, Beaufort, South Carolina. That's where I initially, you know, um, got the money to start my brand and start my business. You know, that Walmart was decent. Good people there. Shout out to the Beaufort Walmart. Um, after that, I came back to um, I came back to Fort Valley. I worked at the Walmart in Perry. Um, Funny thing about that Walmart is that I was working there for a while. You know, it was solid. It was good. To make a long story short, even though I didn't want to work there, I actually got fired for a um <clears throat> for really um a bogus reason. There was really just mismanagement and miscommunication between the managers. Um, there was a day I had taken off. I had someone take that shift for me, but they didn't um you know correct that in the system. So they saw it as a tardy or an absence. And on top of that, um, for some reason, um, they didn't acclimate my school schedule into the system. And I repeatedly told them, like, hey, I'm not going to be here Tuesday and Thursday because I have literature and then I have economics. And they're like, OK, we got you. Little did I know every single time I didn't come in on Tuesday and Thursday, I was getting an absence. Little did I know. Right. So to make a long story short. I uh, came back to Connor to see my old high school playing the first playoff game. It was great. Came back the next day, tried to clock in, couldn't clock in. Tried to clock in. Again, still couldn't clock in. One of the managers came up to me. I was like, hey, one of the system managers want to speak to you in the back. Gave me the whole rundown. I was like, you got too many absences. You have to go. Now, at this time, 
It's late 2018. 2019 is on the horizon. This is when I started to have my second dip because, you know, Walmart, it was some good money. I had been working there for a while. So I had a little bit of extra, you know, 50 cent dollar on my paycheck. It was hard to find a job because, you know, it's Perry, it's Warner, it's, it's, it's Fort Valley. You know, there's not like a lot of good jobs down there. So, um, you know, around that time, I was just, you know, looking for jobs, going through it, you know, working multiple low paying jobs just to, you know, pay the bills. I didn't have enough money to fund the business anymore. So that kind of got put on halt. And, you know, I stopped meditating. So my mental health took a um, took a, um, a nosedive. You know, things after another, the car caught on fire, something else happened, something, you know, so that's how things kind of started to go. But um, from those experiences and um, from that time, I definitely learned a lot. I feel like like rebirth from the ashes, like a phoenix or something like that. So I am at the end of the day grateful for those experiences. So tell us about how things changed from the business since then. So from there and this is and this is, you know what, I'm going to say it. Mm. I'm going to say it. This is this is exclusive, man. Don't nobody but maybe like two or three people notice. Not even my parents notice. I think oh. my grandmother watching this. My grandmother watching this. She might not notice either. I'm sorry, Nana. Um, after I had went through those trials and tribulations, um, I want to say we're sitting at mid-2019. The fall semester of 2019 is about to begin, right? I was starting to go to class. Now I'm I'm trying to go to class. I'm still working these two low paying jobs. My brand is already gone. I'm still trying to go to the gym. I'm still trying to stay in the gym too. And also at the same time, I'm still trying to pay bills, but I'm still not meditating. So day by day, um, my mental health is getting worse. It's getting worse. My grades are getting worse. Class is getting worse. I'm forcing myself to go to work because I need somewhere to stay. To make a long story short, it was around, I want to say late September, October, and I'm going to be straight up. I just stopped going to class in general, bro. Like I didn't go to a single class for the rest of the semester, bro. Like I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like there were some days I would just wake up in my dorm room and just like stare at the ceiling and it'd be like, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of, of, of any of this? And, you know, um, shout out to my girlfriend, um, you know, Alicia, she was, you know, there for me, you know, really the only light at that time, but you know, like I said, I'm going to be raw. I'm going to be real. Like I just woke up some days and my thoughts would get to my head so much. Like I would literally like just sometimes I would like break down and just cry in my room. I'd be like, bro, like what is going on, bro? Like, what am I doing? Like, like what, you know, what is, what, what, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, can I get a sign? Can I get an answer? Like, what, what is it? And, you know, going through all that. And, um, at the end of that semester that I didn't finish, that I really completed only halfway of, um, I told my parents, like, I wanted to come back home. I wanted a fresh new start. I didn't want to, you know, be down here anymore. I wanted to focus on my brand. I want to, you know, really do me. I just wanted to hit the a major restart button, you know, major, major restart button. And that's what I did. And now, um, January, 2020, um, I got a little moving job, paid some good money on um, $15 an hour. I'm starting to rake in some money for, um, you know, building up my brand. I'm like, okay, I got a good paying job, you know, I get some decent hours. I'm getting good money. Not to say I'm not not ashamed to say that I'm living back with my dad now. So um, I, I'm saving money too. So you know I'm not ashamed to say that. And um, same here. Then March 2020 hit and COVID hit and um, what's it called? All the hours got cut at my job and you know um, all that. So um, 
So to so to end it right there at that timeline, March 2020 hit, you know, COVID kind of cut my hours, but it's still good. Like that's like the uptick though. That we're still going up at that time. So So let's go into the uptick. So COVID had a disproportionate effect on a lot of businesses, but it also caused a lot of business to move into like the the green or the black as they say. But right. you know, how did you know the pandemic affect your business? You say you experienced an uptick. So what did that uptick look like for you? An uptick, basically, so after the whole 2019 ordeal, um, there was, I was close to, honestly, I was the closest I've ever been to giving up on my brand. Um, and I wouldn't even say really giving up because I just like, I just don't do it. But it was like, it was so far in the back of my mind, I almost forgot about it. I'm like, wait, oh, wait, I do own a website. I do own a brand. And um Moving back to twenty nine, um, moving back to Connors in twenty twenty, I was able to save up money. I was able to, <laughs> I was able to save up money, um, and I was able to start advertising again. I was able to get my Instagram start going. You know, I was able to do all this whole bunch of stuff, and you know, the COVID hit. And honestly, honestly, to be honest, even though COVID hit, the stimulus checks and the unemployment checks were actually helping me out. So, you know, I was starting to advertise, you know, I was getting some, you know, I was getting some sales here. I was getting a little bit, you know, exposure here, a little bit of exposure there. I want to say the brand really hit the next level. Um, Shout out to my man, Brett. He probably not in here right now. He's my mentor. Shout out to my man, Brett. He was the one who came along and um saw my website. He's like, Hey, you got like great potential here, but nobody going to like this. Nobody going to like this. Nobody going to like that. And I appreciated that because he came with, hundred with me like he kept it a buck he was like I all this is decent but this is a no that's a no and this is a no so we're gonna start there and build up and ever since he took me under his wing it shot off like a rocket and that's around like august 2020 september 2020 sales really started to roll in um also shout out to mr noel he might not be in this live mr anwar and mr noel um i had a great sit down with them um, they were able to give me, you know, some funding for my business that really helped, you know, really, really kickstart it to where it is right now. And, um, yeah, all through 2020, I was, um, you know, grinding, grinding, had hit a little rough patch at the end of 2020, you know, learning, you know, learning and whatnot, running the business. Then I want to say around February of this year, 2021 is when we really took off like a, like a, like a rocket, you know, um, we got conceited from wilding out to give Sorry. us a little shout out. Um, we got some, you know, um, influencers. We got our kids, you know, follow our kids at DYK Kings. Um, they're a little celebrity dance group. You know, we got some, you know, notable ambassadors and whatnot, you know, just people really repping our brand in a very, you know, professional way. So I'm very grateful for them. Right, right. So first and foremost, I think that story is dope. And what I'm trying to do right now is that I'm trying to find that conceited video because I'm, I'm going to show off real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, where's the conceited video? Like, let, me, let me see. Let's see if I can find Because I know I was looking at it because I was doing my research because I was going to play it. Like, But like the, the video with conceited, I got to ask you that before we close out. How did you get that video? Was that like an endorsement that you, you know you paid for? Was that a situation where you sent him some product and he rocked with it? Because Wild and Out's on right now. I don't think he's on, right, he's on this right. episode because he wasn't on the one yesterday. I did a whole comment about that. Was that, that was wrong. He should have been on the last episode, Nicholas. But still, but still, all right? So talk talk to us about how you got conceited. All right, so to make a long story short, um, 
go ahead and be a hundred. It was a paid advertising, but um, to be honest, he said that he really did um mess with the brand. He said he appreciated, you know, being obviously, you know, a black owned business and these scenes that, you know, we're grinding, trying to get our way up. So um, not only did he appreciate us for that fact, he also gave me a slight, um, a slight discount, you know, and, um, um, after, you know, the transaction was done, he did the videos for us. He said he appreciated the way we do business. And if we ever need another shout out, you know, just hit him up again. So, you know, um, He's a real cool dude, you know. Real, real New York though. There was a moment in time where I was taking a little, uh, uh, taking a little while to reply to him, and he's like, he was like, "Hurry up, time is money." And he said that I was like, oh, "Okay, like hold up, like right, New York." Act like you were from New York. You used to act like that. I was like, "Okay, I was like, okay, let me, you know, say I'm like, I, you know, this the price." And he's like, "No, this the price." I said, "No, this the price." He's like, "Okay, this the price, but you got to do this too." I'm like, "Fair enough." And then you know, boom, bang, happened like that. You know, shout out to Conceited very down to earth. I did not think he would um answer my um my DM. I really just uh messaged a whole bunch of um influencers like million million um million follower influencers, you know, just throwing throwing a shot in the dark and um consider reply and that was a blessing, so. So real quick, you know, you know, you know we do a big over here, man. So I'm a I'm a play the conceited endorsement clip. Boy, C O N C AKA Mr. Cut the beat. And this Friday, that's right, this Friday, Black Friday, we got 60. That's right, 60% off of Groovy Wear. All right, the Instagram is G-R-V-Y-W-E-A-R. Hope you can spell, because that's Groovy Wear, but in a swaggy way. But forget that, 60% off. That's right, 6-0% off of Black Friday. And they got excellent customer service. Go get your clothes, your sneakers, everything. It's their own brand and they're killing it all right so salute to y'all and salute to the people who are going to take advantage of this sale go that was dope first and foremost is he rapping is he rapping i thought i was gonna say hold on i just dissed you i was like is he rapping (laughs) no that's a good idea though that's a good idea though i'm gonna keep that i'm gonna keep that i'm gonna keep that that's a good idea that's a good idea we're brainstorming that we're brainstorming you know so that that's dope like i I thought that's really cool there's nothing wrong you know, with buying endorsements, like, cause it's like, you know, you want to get your business out there. You want to put a face on it. There's nothing wrong with that, especially within this influencer culture. And you shot, like I so said, you shot at the dark and you were able to get conceited and that moved your business in a whole different direction. The only time I do not like endorsements, this goes to the HBCU realm for my students that are watching that are running for election positions. I don't like endorsements for that because if mm-hmm. I'm paying conceited to speak for me, cause he don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't never seen my leadership. He don't know what type of person I am. So if I'm paying conceded to do an endorsement, hey, vote Randall to be SGA president or vote Randall to be Mr. Fort Valley, like people going to ride out the way that's conceded. Meanwhile, I could be a terrible person or not even a good leader or qualified for the, for the position, but I'm riding off the cloud of conceded and wilding out, so I win. Right. And it's But it might backfire on you because folks, folks will call you out and be like, that man don't know conceited. Man, he probably man, he probably bought that, that that endorsement. You know what I'm saying? So like that's sort of like the vibe in how things go. And why I don't like endorsements for campaigns, but for businesses, a hundred percent because you're putting a face right. on your brand. So I really like that. But overall, let's go on and end off the interview like this, right? So where do you see your business a year from now? A year from now, who? Honestly, a year from now. And shout out, shout out. First, I want to give a shout out to um the Good Human Campaign, um Good Human Campaign, and shout out to Karina Chanel. Um, 
she really inspired me with how they operate their clothing brand, you know, doing a lot of charities, doing a lot of give backs, doing a lot of, you know, hosting a lot of events for the community. And I saw that and it was like, that's exactly what I want to do. So a year from now, I'm not saying I want a year from now, there will be a groovy wear event. We will be hosting a charity. You know, we will be doing something big for mental health, along with donating to the Mental Health Association of America. We're definitely going to do that. We don't want to just donate because anybody, you know, anybody can just get some money and donate. Right. We want to be hands on. You know, that's why if you go to the Groovy Wear page, you know, we post tips, you know, we post, you know, quotes that help people that may be dealing with mental health. So I want to do something, you know, right now, you know, you know, I do my meditation thing, maybe a live meditation in the morning for everybody, you know, and I'm really just brainstorming right now. But I want to do more than just donate. I want to like I want to say that I actually help that person. I hope that person conquered this. I hope that person realized that they don't have to, you know, they don't have to be trapped inside their mind by their thoughts. I can teach them that, no, this is not how you're, you're supposed to live your life in a, in a, in a loving, abundant and joyous way. And I can, I want to help you get over that hurdle because I was at that same hurdle. I was at that same hurdle and I'm going to reach my hand out and be like, look, I got you. We're going to do this together. If I can help you, I'm going to help you. So that's what it's all about, bro. Just helping people as much as I can. Hey, mom. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And the thing that I really like about the brand is that I saw it grow. And I I didn't know a lot of the stuff you said in this interview, man. So first and foremost, shout out to you, man. And you lived a very adventurous time at Fort Valley. I'm, I'm in my room. I'm in my bubble building one. I didn't know you was dodging fires and all this different <laughs> stuff. Like that's wow. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so and, and just um and just a little cherry on top of that, just to um shout out, you know, doing a lot of shout outs because I'm grateful for you know a lot of experiences, a lot of people. Shout out to my kids that um if any of my kids are here, shout out to my kids that you know I worked with and I watched over at the Georgia Center of Youth in um um it's not in in um where where was that? It was around Fort Valley. I can't remember the exact um, city, but shout out to my kids from the Georgia Center of Youth. You know, um, really humbled me, man. Um, it was a um, a group home. You know, a lot of kids from a lot of different backgrounds been through been through some things that that humbled me. That make me never want to complain about nothing ever again in my life. You know, I didn't hurt the worst of the worst, and you know. I really grew on those kids. You know, they really taught me a lot of lessons. You know, I taught them stuff, you know, and it, it was like an exchange in wisdom. So shout out to those kids, man. That's all I just wanted to say. Shout out to you first and foremost for that service and just really for, you know, always being mellow, man, always being chill. And I was saying this um, before we started the interview, you know, I'm a huge fan of Damon John. And if folks don't know Damon, he is the black man on Shark Tank. The only he black man go. on Shark Tank. Yeah. He did go for real. <laughs> he, really, he paved the way for the lane that you're in. Because one thing I was thinking about as I was preparing for this interview is that I'm like, man, what if Damon John had a website? What if he had drop shipping? What if he had the budget? And, you know, these different things were like, he don't even have to leave New York or go out in the street. He can just sell from his house drop ship ship all over the world imagine what he would have become he'd be a billionaire right now he'd be a trillionaire right now you know what i'm saying because it was it's that hustle it's the culture and also he was moving with a purpose because fubu stood for for us by us so i see a lot of that in you man you know what i'm saying so i really want you to channel that and just continue to grow because the sneakers are dope man you know what i'm saying the whole entire brand is dope the sneakers like a lot of folks are falling off the major brands a lot of folks ain't rocking with it 
You know, Jordan has a stranglehold on the black community. However, a yeah. lot of folks are falling off of it and they're trying to find black owned shoe companies and sneaker companies and they can't find them. So I definitely hope that as we move into 2022 and people get back outside, homecoming's coming up, that you get some sales and you get folks that are rocking with the brand because you're doing an amazing job, man. Real quick before we go, tell everyone where they, where they can find you on social media. You can find me at Ajna, A-G, oh, no, 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 oh, excuse my French, A-J-N-A underscore swoosh. Follow me at Ajna Swoosh, or you can just, you know, follow us at GroovyWear, G-R-V-Y-W-E-A-R. You know, follow us, shoot me, um, shoot me a DM. I'm not too good to, um, I'm not too good to, <laughs> I'm not too good to, you know, reply on um, Groovy Wear or the other one. So, y'all got any questions, anything like that, just hit me up. I don't want to say this, man. Someone's about to get some free followers, boy. <laughs> AG. Someone's about to get a bunch of followers, boy. Like, what, 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 where these folks kind came from? You know AJNA. Yeah, yeah. My lady just put it right there. AJNA underscore swoosh. They about to be like, where these folks came from? They got, they want some groovy wear. Like, what? <laughs> Talking about where they order, right? Who this? <laughs> but, man, it was amazing talking to you, man. Siani, I'm proud of you, man. From building seven to the world. It's crazy. Hey, hey. Six men. It was six years. It was it was it was written, man. What's it called? It was written. It was supposed to go this way, man. I you know, the fact that you know we was roommates and whatnot, it was supposed to happen. I feel like, you know what, it's probably not even gonna be the last time, bro. It's not even gonna be the last time. We both gonna grow from here and we're gonna meet up with each other and we'll be like, remember that time at Fort Valley? I remember that time we had our first interview. Now it's like our third interview. You know what I'm saying? We probably living real, real good by then. You probably done met Stephen A. Smith and everything like that by then. I'm, you know, probably the host of a couple of charities. So we're going to be, you know, real good, real big by then, you know? so Most definitely, man. But, man, Siani, I appreciate you, man, and keep grinding. And we're definitely going to tap in soon, man. Yes, sir, bro. I appreciate you, man. Love everybody that came, bro. For real. Thank you. All right, man. All right. Take it easy. I was just thinking about you. Get a take on the world from the founder's point of view. You're listening to Randall's Thoughts on HBCU Pulse Radio. Yes, so on today's Randall's Thoughts, I want to talk about the new Netflix docuseries Untold, and specifically their first episode, Untold Malice at the Palace. First and foremost, I have to say that the Malice at the Palace Untold episode was amazing. Five stars, 10 stars, go watch it. It is art. But as a basketball fan and as a black man, the documentary touched me in a different way that I had to talk about. I mean, I did not intend to do this commentary You know, it's been a long day. I'm working, trying to make things happen. But I really want to do this commentary because that documentary really touched my heart. I was young when the Malice at the Palace happened, that fight between the Pistons and the Pacers. You had HBCU alumnus, Virginia Union University alumnus, Ben Wallace, that pushed Ron Artest, now Metter World Peace. It caused a ruckus on the court. And then you have the fan that throws the beer bottle at Ron Artest. Ron Artest goes over to the stands, tries to find the fan, knocks another fan out. The fan that threw the bottle holds back Ron Artest, and Stephen Jackson comes in and starts swinging, and then it just gets crazy, and it is a moment 
in sports history. We all have seen that video. It resurfaces on Twitter about every year around the time of November for its anniversary. And a lot of folks have jokes and hot takes on it. And I've even joked around about it at a certain point. But watching the documentary really put it in perspective for me, primarily because I was able to look at the documentary from the viewpoint of Reggie Miller, from Ben Wallace, from Ron Artest, now Metal World Peace, from Steven Jackson, and most importantly, from Jermaine O'Neal, who suffered the most from that incident. It's a couple of takeaways that I have from the documentary, all right? So first and foremost, we always talk about the negative of social media, but I think we need to focus on the positives. Social media has given us the opportunity to have a platform to make our voices heard and to provide societal pressure on the media to make sure that they use their powers the right way. We're almost like the watchdogs for the media to a certain degree. If they're acting out or they're doing something that is off kilter, we're able to get them back in line. In 2004, that was not the case. If you didn't have a radio show or a TV show or wrote a column in a newspaper or a magazine, you did not have a voice including if you were Kobe Bryant or Shaquille O'Neal or LeBron James or Reggie Miller, you didn't have a voice. You didn't have a platform to really tell your story. Look at what's going on now. You have, you know, the Players' Tribune. You have LeBron James uninterrupted. You have Steven Jackson who reinvented himself and Matt Barnes, all the smoke. You have so many different vast media outlets of niche interest and also that are about black interests that would have hopped on this story if it happened now. Because as I'm watching the documentary, I'm like, yo, what if the malice at the palace happened today? Well, first and foremost, the thug talking point wouldn't have happened. Here's the reason why. So you see what goes on on Undisputed, First Take, and all these other sports shows. They react to anything that the players do or say. LeBron, he releases Space Jam, and you have Skip Bayless talking about, oh, it wasn't as good as, you know, Michael Jordan's version. Reacting to a movie that LeBron James made, right? So here's how I think things would have happened in a social media generation if the malice at the palace happened tonight or happened in November of 2021. They would talk about it, but that thug talking point, first and foremost, Twitter is on you. You're getting canceled because you're not going to call no black man no thug when you don't understand that that fan went and threw the and threw the bottle at Ron Artest. It was an encore incident that the, that the commissioner could have handled, but then the fans got into it, and now it's a whole total different situation. So first and foremost, that thug talking point wouldn't have happened. But here's another reason why it wouldn't have happened, right? They would have, like, Ron Artest or Steven Jackson – they would have gotten on a podcast. They would have written a column. They would have been tweeting and they would have gotten their story out. So let's say Ron Artest goes on the breakfast club with Charlemagne and he talks about the incident. Let's say Reggie Miller goes on, you know, first take and has a sit down with Stephen A. Smith. The media cycle would have been determined on what Ron Artest said in this hot take generation. Like the whole entire media cycle would have been determined on what Reggie Miller said in his sit down with Stephen A. Smith. Because that's the society we live in. See, the reason why the byproduct of the, the issues and everything that went down with just the pressure of David Stern to suspend Ron and Tess indefinitely for the rest of the season and all of just the, the, the pressure to regulate these thugs in the NBA, it's because you had the media talking heads, primarily white, media talking heads that were pushing that thug narrative people latched on to it you had black folks in the community you had a lot of folks that weren't able to have their voices heard so david stern felt the pressure from the traditional media to make something happen and i think he acted totally wrong and now the narrative wasn't the fans were assaulting the players 
now it was the players are savage animals that are going into the stands assaulting the fans that paid their hard on money to be there. That's the power of media and perception and narrative. If I control the media and I control the way you see things, I can control your action and your mind. So this is something else that happened in the documentary that really spoke to me, right? After everything went down and Ron Artest was suspended for the rest of the year, the Pacers were a championship contender. Remember, they had just beat down the Pistons before the brawl. They won. They were winning 97 to 82 with around two minutes left in the game, right? So after that incident, you know, things went crazy. Reggie Miller was out. He retired later on that year. Ron Artest was suspended for the rest of the year. And while Jermaine O'Neal got a lighter, you know, sentence from the NBA after he appealed it, he was still out. And that disproportionately affected the Pacers that were a championship contender. And you lose three of your championship players in Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest, and Steven Jackson, right? So Ron Artest decides to leave. Leave them high and dry. He said, man, I didn't even want to wear the jersey. This was so embarrassing for me. I'm just going to go, and I'm just done with the whole situation. And then Steven Jackson said he wasn't feeling that move. Reggie Miller said the same thing. But Jermaine O'Neal said that he held resentment in his heart for Ron Artest leaving him high and dry. And when he saw Ron Artest win that ring with Kobe Bryant, he was done. He, he, had, he was outdone by that move. And you want to know something? I feel that. You want to know why I feel it? Because that's a gen, that's our generation type of move. You see on Twitter all the time. You see, oh, you don't owe nobody nothing. Just ghost people. That is such a morally and, and it's unethical move just to say, hey, I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you think. I'm just going to ghost you. Okay, you don't owe anybody anything. But what about the folks that care about you? What about the folks that you care about? You just decide to leave them high and dry, especially after a situation that you were not wrong in, but you decided to go into that stand and fight that fan and cause a whole entire ruckus that as a player and as a member of your team, as your brother, I go in and I fight for you and I get in trouble and you're not going to stick it out with me? You're not going to ride with me? You're going to go because it made you feel better? Meanwhile, my career was ruined? Steven Jackson had a ring. Ron Artest went and got a ring. Ron Artest was on championship contenders. Before he went to the Lakers, remember, he was with Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming on the Rockets that were contending in the Western Conference in the 2008 and 2009 season. So he had another opportunity. Reggie Miller didn't have an opportunity because Reggie Miller retired that year, and consistently he was an amazing player that made history, that went toe-to-toe with Michael Jordan, had a historic moment against Michael Jordan, had historic moments against the Knicks. Didn't have enough to get over the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. Then, because of just mental errors and the Pistons being a more composed team, they didn't get a chance to go to that finals and possibly steal one, like the Pistons did, from the Lakers. So this was their time to shine. They had a good team. Larry Bird and the management made the right moves. They had a good team. And clearly they got better because they beat up the defending champion Pistons that were at full strength that game. Same team, same roster, not real a lot of changes, beat up on them. And then that incident happens. And then Reggie Miller, who was injured that game, was not able to get back to the championship and rightfully fend and fight for a championship that he should have won in his career. That's selfish. I don't like this notion of I'm just going to go people because it makes me feel better. I'm just going to leave people alone and I'm just going to just going to go in, in, in my bubble because I need to feel right. I just don't like that. And Ron Artest, 
That is the mindset that a lot of folks have this generation. That's the mindset that Twitter perpetuates. I've ghosted people before and I feel bad about it. Here's another thing too. When I've ghosted people, I felt bad about it because I didn't have a level of closure, right? So does just ghosting people and leaving them alone, does it really make you feel better? Because for me, I feel guilty. When I look back at it and I have my moments of reflection and meditation, I'm like, man, I wish I would have handled this situation better. I wish I would have told this person this, or I wish I would have operated this way. Because I was someone that consistently ghosted people, right? But I feel as if we don't think about the byproduct of what about the folks we care about. If you're just ghosting people, like, are you, are you just ghosting the folks, for example, that you don't care about? If it's the girls, you ghosting the guy that's trying to talk to you. If you're the guy, if you're a guy, are you ghosting your friends, your homeboys, or the girl that's trying that you're trying to talk to? You just ghosting them, or are you ghosting your friends, your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your homeboys, your cousins, folks that actually really care about you and your well-being? Ron Artest was wrong for that, and that was a coward move. I'm sorry, Metal World Peace. I get it. You had to reinvent yourself. You wanted to be a different person. And it was a lot that went on, but that was a coward move. But one thing I will say is that Metal World Peace, because that's his name now, Metal World Peace took ownership even after he won the championship. In the documentary, they showed a clip from when the Lakers won the NBA championship. You know, NBA TV was on the scene. He was talking to Steve Smith, I believe Rick Kamler, maybe Isaiah Thomas, and they asked him how he feels. And he says that he feels sort of bad because he realizes that he just won a championship and like Reggie and Steven Jackson and, and Jermaine O'Neal didn't get a chance to, and he feels bad because he felt like he felt like he ran out on them. And he did. And Jermaine O'Neal was like, Yeah, I felt resentful from that. Now I hope that at this point they've had a conversation, especially after this documentary dropped. I hope that they've had a conversation and they've come to some type of peace. And I hope that maybe it happened years ago and they're all good, because I know that Ron Artest or Metal World Peace was on all the smoke and he talked about the incident. But that part just didn't sit right with me. It primarily was because I personalized it and I've seen myself do things like that. And I realized that I was wrong in those situations. So I really wish that we had more forethought about how our actions affect the people around us. And I think we should be mindful of that because imagine if you're ghosted, I've been ghosted. Imagine if you're ghosted and someone just decides to run off on you, somebody you care about, and they don't say a word to you about it. And you don't know how they feeling. You don't know where their mental state is. They just run off on you. They might have pressure with you. They might have smoke with you, but they don't say a word to you. Imagine how that would make you feel. And I know you wouldn't like it because we all want closure. We all want to be treated with some realm of respect. And I think that just ghosting somebody that you care about and not even giving them a notice that you're going to check out. I do think that's a bit disrespectful, but I guess the notion is to be got to be selfish. So I guess it, it worked out for Ron. I tell you, he won a ring. So I, I guess don't listen to Randall. I just think, you know, with ethics and morals and go to my therapist and I, and I talk about different things and how your actions affect other people. You want a ring, but Jermaine O'Neal, he had to sit with it. He was a veteran on the Celtics. Didn't win anything before he retired. He went to the heat was injury prone. Didn't win anything with Dwayne Wade. And he was out of there right after LeBron and Chris Bosh went down there. He had no place in the league, and then he retired in the early 2010s, and that was his legacy. A great run with the Pacers, the Malice in the Palace, and his career wasn't the same, and he, it still haunts him to this day. I guess it's life. 
because we got to be selfish, right? But overall, I think that we have to really reevaluate our actions. And also we have to appreciate the realm of social media because it's given us a platform to respond to negativity, to answer to BS, and it allows these players to tell their own stories. And I think that's beautiful. And that's just my thoughts on today. You're listening to Post Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into HBCU Post, now trending worldwide. All right, that is it for us. First and foremost, thank you to Siani Boyd. CEO of Groovy, where for coming on to speak with me, my roommate before Florida State University, doing a lot of amazing things. Super proud of him. He brought the family, he brought the supporters, and an amazing story. Like dog, like he over here dodging fires. Like he's CJ from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And the reason why I'm saying CJ in particular is because I got my Xbox 360, and in my passing time as I'm working. I'm also playing Grand Theft Auto, so I understand the significance of that. So first and foremost, a shout-out to Siani just for being transparent and for telling his story. And I think what his story should tell everyone, especially that are that is currently enrolled at an HBCU or at any type of college, is that you can come back from your adversity. As long as you find your peace of mind and find your center, you're going to be perfectly fine, man. So I appreciate Siani for being transparent about his journey and I wish him the best as he goes and grows his business. And we're definitely going to tap in. He should for sure, if he can, sell at homecoming. It was a fruitful experience. I just was a rookie, man. You know what I'm saying? But I'm glad I had that experience because it got my brand out there a lot. And it got Pulse out there a lot. But, you know, when I vended in 2018 at the Found City Classic, which was Fort Valley versus Albany State, um, our classic. And then I vended at homecoming, you know, before the classic. I lost a lot of money because I just was rushing trying to get the product. You know what I'm saying? I touched the cash, but if I look at the books, it was, it was a negative. You know what I'm saying? So it's like like the overhead to, to get the tent and to secure the space, even though it was a discount for me, plus getting the product, man, I took a hit. But, you know, you live and you learn and you grow, and it's something that helped as far as with the hustle. So I definitely know that Sianni's going to do way better than I did, you know, so shout out to him. But outside of that, that is it for me. Make sure to follow me. At Arthur Randall B on all social media platforms and make sure to follow Pulse Radio 100 on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, and also really, really, really tap into our TikTok because we have a lot of amazing content coming out over there. But outside of that, that is it for me, and I will see you on the other side. Tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture.